Hey, homemakers, welcome back to another episode of the Happy as a Homemaker podcast. I am Chandler, your host. I'm very excited to be here today. We are having one of those more convicting topics. Um, Before I get started, I wanted to let you all know that we have a monthly book giveaway going on, and all you have to do to be entered into it is to go to Apple and leave a five-star rating and or review. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, The only thing that goes into my picking, I literally do it randomly, is um, even though I do read the ones that are written and I'm always blown away by how thoughtful they are, um, but in terms of being entered into the giveaway, I just randomly pick. It just has to be five stars. Um, So I give away one book a month. I announce the winner the last Wednesday of each month. So all you have to do to enter, go to Apple Podcasts for now. Um, I'm hoping to expand upon that. But yeah, right now, just Apple, leave a five-star rating and or review. Um, Couple, One more announcement to make. So over in our Homemaker Globe community, we are growing. We are starting tomorrow a March Madness Challenge, a home glow up challenge for spring. Um, This is very pertinent to my life. We are hoping to move this year, God willing. Um, I have no clue if we will or not, Um, but but that is our hope and our prayer that we can move this year. Um, And so I need to get the house ready, (laughs) not only to to be taking pictures of it, but also um, just like organized and decluttered. So there's a lot that goes into that if you've ever moved. And I've never moved with little kids. Last time I moved and I was pregnant, very, I was about seven months pregnant with my daughter. And that was hard for its own reasons. Um, But our house was very tiny, it was like under a thousand square feet. We didn't have a lot of stuff. And this time I have two little kids, you know, a lot of other things going on. Um, and we, our house is a lot bigger and we have a lot more stuff now. So I'm just like, whew, this is going to be, this is going to be a time, but it might not even happen. You know, who knows? Um, but that's our hope and our prayer. So anyway, back to the March Madness Challenge. So it's going to be like March, it's going to be about six weeks. So all of March, two weeks in April um, ish, you know, I don't have any like set timing on it. But um, yeah, I'm going to post more info on it in the community. It's the Homemaker Globe community is on Patreon. It's $5 a month. You also get access to all of the other things that I've posted in there. Um, I have like, sometimes I'll post the second half to a podcast episode or just something exclusive. It's kind of a more community feel. I'm looking for another platform. If you all happen to know of one that would be better. Um, I like the idea of you all being able to post things as well, like kind of similar to like a Facebook group, but I'd like to avoid Facebook if I can. Um, and then I like charging just a small amount of money just to keep at, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, yeah, it's nice to make a little bit of money, but also I like to keep out potential trolls. Like, of course there are still some highly motivated trolls out there that are going to pay, but like in my small community, it's like really unlikely, especially if I charge a little bit of money. So 
yeah, so um, we're starting tomorrow. I'll post some more info about that either today or tomorrow in the community. I'll leave a link below if you're interested. It's just going to have like weekly. We're going to do it like room by room, um, about about a room a week. And uh, I'll post like some motivating stuff on there, show you kind of my progress. We can all like join in together, motivate each other, get our houses just in order for spring and summer and just life, um, all of that stuff. So let's go ahead and get into the topic today. Today, I'm giving you a piece of advice that I don't know really where it came from. I think it's one of those things that just kind of popped into my head, or maybe I was reading a book and I thought about it, or just kind of on my journey as a young wife who didn't get married knowing much about Christian marriage. I mean, my parents have a very healthy, strong marriage. Um, and a lot of, they embrace a lot of biblical principles, but I was never really like explicitly taught, like, this is what the Bible says about marriage. And like this, these verses, like about submitting to your husband and all of those things. Um, and, and, you know, I, my husband and I, we were just very egalitarian when we got married. And, and if you want to hear more about that, listen to my testimony, um, and I'm kind of trying to dip my toes into more talking about explicitly like my my journey as a young wife um, and all of those things. I have a lot. It really needs to be its own podcast because I have so many interesting things that happened um, that led me to learning about biblical marriage. And it's just changed our life so much. Um, and I think one of the biggest things in my testimony is... I remember praying to God over and over and over. I, I would say, God, I I really just please, Lord, humble me, humble me, humble me, humble me, um, because I realized how prideful I was, and I realized, um, which I think in itself was God working on my heart and and showing me that kind of like red pilling me, like you're very prideful, and um, over time He humbled me and. Anyway, so the question that popped into my head, or I read it somewhere, I don't really remember, but it really helped me in my marriage. What is it like being married to you? Now, I mean, for a long time, I think I used to think that it was awesome <laughs> being married to me, you know, and um, and the thing to keep in mind, too, is, and we're going to read a little bit of scripture to kind of enhance this this topic, but... Um, this does not necessarily mean like, okay, this is essentially the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you want, which we're going to read, um, in Matthew, but this doesn't mean to necessarily do exactly what you, me, Chandler Parks would want. Um, but instead I think that it means people want to be respected and treated as individuals and be considerate of them as a as a unique person with their own experiences their own thoughts their own feelings right um and so that's i think where the differentiation comes in um and and gender differences come in as well when we are talking about this in marriage and then, of course, with our children, right, like we aren't going to just give them candy all day and let them watch TV because we because that's what they would want. Right. Um, 
so this this is what I'm very, very slowly learning about, very slowly. Um, if you have or you have seen uh, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology book, it is a Bible-sized book, huge. Um, I'm very, very slowly reading through that, and I have been for like five years. <laughs> but um, we don't just take one verse and live by that verse. We look at the whole Bible. That's what the systematic means. We look at the whole Bible. We deduce the meaning of a Bible verse by backing it up, lining it up within the context of the entire Bible and what we know about God because of what we've read about the entire Bible. And um, so we'll talk about that more in just a minute. But um, so, yes, so men and women are different, right? If you are a listener of this podcast, you know that I... I'm totally a believer in gender differences and gender roles, and it's not that I think that you have to do this or you're a bad wife. No, but it's tremendously helped me in my life and my marriage, and that has been the case with many, many of you, and I know not everyone thinks that way, and I actually happen to know a handful of people that do the egalitarian thing. And I mean, in their defense, if you are a working woman, um, like as in you work outside the home and bring in a paycheck, like I'm like, yeah, I don't really see why your husband shouldn't, you know, get up in the middle of the night, feed the baby. Like, absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm just telling you based on my experience, well, we never had kids when we were both working I, but what I was thinking is that he was just going to get worse because we just had the hardest time I wanted to, I had a natural inclination to keep the home tidy and I wanted to cook dinner for my husband. I wanted to do all of these things. Um, I, I, I enjoyed keeping the house clean and making it beautiful and um, doing these things, even doing his laundry, didn't mind a bit. But I was also working. I was also in school. I was also bringing in a paycheck. So we tried to divvy up the chores and it never worked. And anyway, that's like a side tangent. I'm just trying to tell you, but I don't even know why. Half the time I feel like I'm defending myself on this podcast. I'm like, I don't even know why. Because like, I know that I don't really need to. Because most of you all like, we're all kind of on the same page already. But anyway. Um, okay. Where was I? So, okay. Men and women are different. You have to be careful. And I think that it's worth reading some books to help you learn a little bit about men and women's differences. Um, because a lot of times women, we think we are being helpful when we're really being critical. Um, or we think that especially like if even if you were raised in a Christian home, a lot of these like feminist tendencies seep into our brain. It really is. I know it sounds dramatic, but feminism really is like a cancer. I really do believe that because it's like that cancer that won't go away. And even me, like as as vehemently against feminism as I am, like I still find myself. And I think that it just goes back to Eve. I really do. I really think it goes back to 
Eve and thinking that she knows better and being deceived, right? So, um, anyway, sorry, my notes are on my phone and my phone keeps, like, I keep having to enter my passcode and normally I have my notes on my laptop, but anyway. Um, so anyway, we think we're being helpful, but we're really being critical. That's really important to keep in mind. Um, we are naturally motherly. And some of you might not think that. I have a lot of people in my life who don't think they're naturally motherly, but the motherliness is is manifested in a different way than what is like typical. So for example, I have a friend of mine who is very into plants and she grows beautiful plants, but she thinks she's not motherly. And I'm like, you're mothering these beautiful plants. Like you, you give them the right soil and you change their lighting when they need to and you wash them off and you dust them. Like that's being motherly and nurturing. Um, I have another friend who who is a manager of a restaurant and um, she, I mean, she is a beautiful manager of the restaurant. Like, I, I mean, you know, um, or maybe like a friend that I had when I was in my 20s and she was always like the mom when we would go out, she would take care of all the drunk people, you know, or she would have in her purse like electrolyte packets and um, you know, things to clean up vomit and like, you know, she was always the mother or she was always like driving drunk people home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I truly do believe, I even think about this myself when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with animals. Like I was like extremely obsessed with animals. And, um, I remember I would, uh, every so often, like my parents would let me get some kind of rodent or a parakeet. And I would like obsess over um, the parakeets, like food and um, their cage and like, you know, like what kind of food I was giving them and like how often I needed to clean out their cage. And like, I look at back at it now and I'm like, oh, like that was my natural nurturing tendencies. Even though I was a huge tomboy, that was me, that was manifesting in me like my motherliness, you know? So we're, we are naturally motherly, but we need, and these, these, a lot of these are good traits, but they're just stewarded improperly towards our husbands. And that's what feminism does is we, we think that men are idiots because they aren't motherly. Like I hate when people are like, wow, like look at him change a diaper. Like he doesn't even know, or like they make fun of their husbands because their husband doesn't know, um, that their baby is hungry when it's crying. It's like, wow, like you don't know anything about your own child, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, well, you know, if you're the one who's with the baby all the time, or, or we laugh at our husbands who, because they don't know. And, you know, there's a, there's a playful, cute way of, of doing this. And then there's like a condescending way of laughing at your husband for not knowing where, um, where certain dishes go or how to clean dishes or how to do laundry. And it's like, well, that's your domain. Right. And I'm speaking for, you know, people who think like me, whereas, 
okay, my husband, you know, I think about this all the time. If I showed up to his work, he's an electrician at a nuclear plant. If I showed up at his work, I wouldn't know the first thing. Okay. Like, hello, you know, it's just, and I also don't, don't know, you know, how to be a father. I'm not going to tell him how to be a father. So there's these big differences and we are naturally motherly, but we are not our, we are not our husband's mothers. And this all ties together. What is it like to be married to you? Your husband, though he might have married someone like his mother, right? Like I think my, my mother-in-law and I are similar in some ways. I do see the parallels. That's very often true. Um, you marry into a family often that's kind of similar to yours. Not all the time, of course, but but there are a lot of similarities. Um, but your but your husband didn't want another mother. He he he, he wants a wife. He wants a helpmeet. He wants a partner, a life partner, a romantic partner. Um, so I realized this over time. And, and it really kind of disgusted me at how critical I was and nagging, um, very negative, very bossy, very motherly. How I just remember thinking like, wow, I'm really annoying. And I am not saying that you all have this problem, but I'm simply like humbly saying this really changed the way that I treated my husband. And we'll talk about like children and friends as well. Um, and I think that it might help some of you kind of put this whole like biblical submission, traditional marriage thing into perspective is what's it like to be married to you, right? Like um, pray to God to show you, to humble you and to take the log out of your own eye. Said Matthew, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, another thing, you know, okay, like, and this is what I mean by, okay, so I, I'm really, especially for a long time, I was really into politics. And I think most of us were in like the 2016 election, right? Um, and like during the Trump era, um, there was just a lot to talk about, the COVID thing. There was a lot to talk about. Um, I realized this was the equivalent of him, my husband, talking about sports too much. Okay, so this is what I mean about the differences, right? So, like, for example, I actually really enjoy sports. Um, I enjoy talking to my husband about sports. I enjoy talking about baseball. Similar to my husband enjoying politics. He enjoys talking about politics. He enjoys talking about um, religion and other things. You know, he enjoys those things but he doesn't want me to talk about them all night forever all the time the same way that I feel about him talking about sports I had to realize I needed to tone it down a lot and and um and I in instead of of having this like self-pity like oh he doesn't want to talk about what I want to talk about you're supposed to be my best friend and it's just like you have to have that perspective. What it's like? What is it like to be married to me? Um, you, you know, we have to respect our husbands as individuals with their own interests and and their own um, failings. You know, differences, whatever you want to call it. So 
that's one way that I kind of realized, oh, like he's not this horrible person. It's just sometimes it's overkill. Just like there comes a point where I'm like, babe, I love you and I love that you love sports and I love sports too, but like, can we just please talk about something else? You know, and it's okay. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, it's, that was a tangent. It's no big deal. It's all good. There's no crazy emotions. And, and the same thing happens when I'm, you know, sometimes we'll go off on these political tangents. He's like, okay, can we please talk about something else? I'm like, yeah, you're right. We need to change the subject. So um, not being good at listening to his thoughts, really, truly listening to his thoughts. We, it's so important in relationships that we are truly listening to people. Um, not just listening to think about what we're going to say next. I think that was a huge problem that I had. I, I was listening, but I was just trying to think about what I was going to say next. And, um, that's not the point of of really, really listening and asking questions. And maybe you don't even have to say anything at all. Maybe you don't have to give your opinion um, for every little thing, right? Like a lot of the times our husbands aren't giving, aren't asking for our opinions. And that's something that I had to realize too, is they don't always, we're a confidant. We're not their counselor, their therapist, um, their pastor, or anything like that. We we are their confidant. We are their safe place. And that is so, so, so important because you want your husband to feel safe to tell you things because there, there will come a point, I can guarantee you, if every time he comes to you with something moderately vulnerable and you shut him down with a critique or um, something like that, a critical thing or advice that he didn't want. Well, you should do this. Well, you shouldn't do that. Well, that's not good. Well, that's not healthy. Blah, blah, blah. I promise you there will come a point where your husband no longer wants to tell you anything. And that is a really sad place for your marriage to be. So um, this has helped me a lot, not only in my marriage, but friendships, um, I've talked about this before, I think it's hard to really remember sometimes, but with friends, so to have a friend, you must be a friend. I know that sounds really simple, but I realized, um, over time, like I, I was hoping that all of these people would reach out to me. And I was thinking like, why won't they reach out to me? Like why, you know, but I realized like, okay, maybe I need to be the one casting the lines out first. And maybe I need to be the one really um, reaching out to people and asking questions about them and their story and kind of being the one to pursue a friendship. And that can be a really scary, vulnerable place. And we always want people to serve us. And I think everyone's a little bit naturally narcissistic and we want people who will talk about us. But um, to have a friend, you must be a friend. What's it like to be your friend? What's it like to be to to be your child? <clears throat> right? Are you a fun and enjoyable wife um, or mother to be around? Are you joyful? Are you lighthearted? Right? Are, or are you this critical, uh, grumpy mom all the time? You know, I I want my kids to think that I'm fun to be around. I want 
them to think that I'm joyful and lighthearted. And I've talked about this before. I want, I want my daughters to want my life when they're older. I want my sons to, to want a wife like me, you know, like who, who, because he sees what a joy our marriage dynamic was and my daughter to see what fun it is to be a homemaker. Right. And I know that that might not happen, but like, that's my goal, obviously. Um, okay. So we're going to read some scripture and then we'll be done. But okay, this is Matthew 7, and this is Jesus talking. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So I want to read the notes. This is my ESV Bible. Because my whole life, I thought this verse meant that we couldn't judge anyone. We couldn't say anything. And there is some truth to that if you're truly humble, but, um, okay. So it says for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged undue harshness. So that, that word is important to me, undue harshness, right? Sometimes harshness is due and a judgmental attitude, right? So an overall demeanor toward others will result in being treated in much the same way. Okay. Why do you see, this is what I was talking about earlier, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So I think this is important because there there's a, there's steps here. Like God or Jesus is not saying to just don't take the log out. He says first, or don't take the speck out. He's saying first take the log out of your own eye and then you can see clearly and, and be humbled and come from this humbling place of saying X, whatever you need to say, or um, okay, let me read the notes on that because they're really good. Jesus does not forbid all evaluation or even judgment of others. For ultimately, the one who feels grieved and humbled over his own sin can help remove the speck from others. What Jesus does rule out is pride that views oneself better than others. I think this is like going back to the Pharisees who were like, oh, well, I'm so great because I don't do this and you do. Whereas our posture should be like, I am I am, I am a wretch too. I am a sinner too. And like, let me, you know, I struggle with this too. Like, you know, kind of that, that humble, that's what humble means. Like thinking lesser of yourself. <clears throat> okay. And then last thing. This is Matthew 7, 12. So, whatever you wished that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So, this is known as the golden rule. This verse summarizes the teaching of the law and prophets. The way in which one wants to be treated should determine the way that one treats others. 
This should come naturally for believers who love God with all their heart and soul and mind and who love their neighbor as themselves. So that's, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, I know it's in the Bible. It's one of those things. Love God. Is it Deuteronomy? And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I think that that everything is so intentional with God that, like I said earlier, we are all natural like narcissists in a way. And, and I think that maybe that's intentional so that we know it, we know it's easy to, to know the right thing to do because we know how we want to be treated. And so it's easy to know how others are going to be treated because we just have to put them in our shoes, right? Or put ourselves in their shoes. Is that the saying? You know what I'm saying. (laughs) But anyway, I'm going to end there. I hope that this helps you all. It really helped me. Just ask yourself that, you know, journal about it or just your day-to-day life when your husband comes home. Like, what's it like to come home to me? Is it, is your husband excited to come home and see you or is he dreading it? You know, Um, and hopefully this can maybe give you some things to think about. I don't mean it in like an overly critical way. I'm sure a lot of you, most of you are probably amazing wives. And I know that because I've talked to a lot of you and you're so beautiful and wonderful and humble. And just a lot of you have way more marriage experience than me. Um, But anyway, this has helped me a lot. And I think that I will always keep that in the back of my mind. What's it like to be married to me? What's it like to be my child? What's it like to be my friend? Um, yeah. So anyway, I hope y'all are having a wonderful week. Check out the Homemaker Glow Up community if you want to get your house in order this spring. And I will talk to you all next week.